Welcome to the Strength Rehab Podcast. Join your hosts, Raul Axmayer and Brandon Parker, as they discuss the latest information regarding the health and fitness industries. Topics include sports performance, physical rehab, and of course, general health. Remember, this is the podcast where science meets practice. I am sick and tired of everybody complaining about one, they don't have enough time, two, they don't know how to cook, or three, they don't have the money to do so. And I just feel like it's such a cop-out excuse as to why they can't build muscle or actually lose fat. So I think the first one that we'll tackle, because it's the more fun one, is to put on muscle adequately, right? So Raul, what would be your suggestion when it it comes to how fast somebody should be putting on weight per week or per month? Probably between 0.5 to 1% of their body weight. Mm -hmm. Um, So it varies, obviously. So do it slowly. Uh, I do not recommend like very fast bulks, bulks, uh, because you're going to put on a lot of fat. (laughs) Um, Like in my case, I was gaining around one third of a pound per week. Um, And if you do it that way, it's going to be more lean tissue and not all fat and a little bit of muscle. So that's my recommendation. Yeah. And the big thing to mention here is that if you don't have a set goal, why would you rush? Like a lot of people are hocked up on the instant gratification phase of just like, I want to be big now or I want to be like lean now. And I think that's what gets them into hot water. Whereas let's say in the gain phase, if you were to just, you know, build a little bit at a time, you still get to enjoy the physique that you have and you don't look like a colossal piece of garbage <laughs> when you're exactly. bulking, and, you know? And in, if you're not a bodybuilder, it's not like you're competing 12 weeks from now, you know? Like, this is a lifelong process, so mm-hmm. why not do it a, as wisely as possible so that you can look good and not look like a fat piece of shit, you know? <laughs> Dude, I love it. I always see the the age-old bodybuilders or the people that follow the bro science people. And, like, they just look absolutely horrendous. And it's like, you know you don't have to look like that in order it's to It's very get... ugly. Exactly. And it just... They don't, they're not tracking their calories. They're not really making sure that what they're doing is kind of dialed in. And it doesn't even have to be like to a science per se. Like you just got to approach it logically. You don't need to eat, let's say, a whole pizza per day because I know that was the old school uh, powerlifting, right? Like, oh, you know, mass moves mass. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the gallon of milk a day thing. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like, I like some milk, but a gallon of milk per day. I don't love milk that Kind of crazy. the calories insane right so we talk about we talk about making sure we're gaining weight very slowly so a lot of the weight we put on is going to be more towards it's basically going to go be contributed to uh, energy surplus that can be put to use right versus a massive surplus where it doesn't get put to use thus putting on a lot more muscle fat uh, i'm sorry fat storage right so I mean, typically speaking, if I were to approach a bulk, I'm looking at somewhere around three to 500 calories per day. What would be your approach to that? I think it depends on the current body weight and body fat percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would keep it at probably 250. Do that for a couple of weeks. See how you react. If you're not gaining weight, um, which you probably won't be if you're kind of experienced and have a decent amount of muscle, uh, I would increase by like 100 calories maybe or something like that, like 25 grams of carbs or something. Um, but I started like maybe 250 to 400 
it depends. And but not a not a huge increase, not a huge surplus, not like five hundred or six hundred calories. Right, and and that and that's a big thing. There is like the dimension. Like you need to understand where the macros are coming from. Right, a lot of people will like like when it comes to dieting or putting on muscle, your protein should always be high. Yes, when fat loss, your fat your protein should be higher. But notice that Raul mentioned that we're going to be increasing our carbs. Well, I mean, it could be fat, sure, but it's more so a preference of the people. Um, and then plus with carbs, it's easier to convert into like, you know, moving some weight, you know? Yeah. And also like if you're really into performance and you want to be performing optimally at the gym, carbs are better than fat. So mm -hmm. I would highly recommend higher carb rather than higher fat diets. But once again, it all comes down to your preference. Right. And it, and it, it might seem like we're beating around the bush and not giving uh super like concrete answers of like, do this, do this, do this. But The best approach is to take an individualistic one of do a little bit, check how your body's adapting and keep going down that path until you get to the result that you're looking for, because that is the best way of doing it. Yeah. And if you want like rush numbers, like uh, you can eat one gram of protein per body, pound of body weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you're going to eat at least 200 uh, grams of protein. That's an easy one. After that, I just calculate the fat, so I multiply 0.25 to 0.30 by your body weight, uh, and the rest is carbs, man, like a lot of carbs. Yeah. The brief overview, you got four calories for proteins and carbs and nine calories for fat, so that's why a lot of people suggest to eat more carbs as well from a psychological standpoint is you get much more bang for your buck when it comes to volume. You know, a lot of people, if they prefer fats and they realize like, wow, a scoop of peanut butter, or do I get like a half a plate of potato, you know, like, so when it comes from a psychological standpoint and you want to be eating from a volume standpoint, when you're dieting per se, that's where you might want to deviate from one side or the other. And then from the other side of things is like for me, um, if I don't have a large appetite when I'm bulking and it like psychologically, I won't eat the meal. This is where I was talking to Raul earlier about how I will just, I'll throw some olive oil. I'll just throw some olive oil into the meal that I'm eating. I'm going to get my calories in and it's not like I'm chewing like, you know, for God's knows how long to get the calories in. So there's that, there's that tip as well. Yeah, and instead of cooking with like spray, which is zero calorie, just cook with oil, and you'll probably be at a surplus. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so when you when you're doing some type of spray, that's a way to cut down calories. You can also use olive oil to put on calories. Now, um, let's just talk about let's talk about some good meals here. That a lot because once again, everyone's doesn't know how maybe not how to cook, or maybe they say they don't have enough time, but. You can cook a lot of food and almost not a lot of time for very cheap, right? So what's like a go-to meal that you like to cook that's cheap, effective when it comes to, let's say, bodybuilding? Um, and um, yeah, and it's easy to do. Easy one. A staple that I eat literally 365 days <laughs> of the year is jasmine rice, uh, a lean meat, whether it be chicken, ground turkey, ground chicken, ground beef, anything. Uh, and a lot of veggies. That meal is super cheap. If you buy like jasmine rice, it's dirt cheap. You know, veggies are like one buck for like five servings if you go with the frozen ones. And the most expensive part is the the lean meat, obviously, but it's not not bad. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's a variation of what I, I do as well. I I think that meal is less than five bucks. And I also yeah. want to say that I think it's funny that the people that complain that cooking and doing meal prep is expensive are the ones that spend 10 bucks on lunch every single day, <laughs> which is a lot more expensive than cooking your own food. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I, I went to Costco. You don't have to go to Costco, but I'm just referencing this place because I was there just recently. I think uh, like it was like a 30 pound bag of, of rice was like under 20 bucks. And, and you know how like it takes a while for you to work through 30 grand, 30 oh, yeah. pounds worth of rice, you know, um, you have that. And then when it comes to actually cooking the rice, yes, you can get a, a rice cooker, but just a quick over arcing overview on how you can do it is you simply just put rice into a bowl and you're going to portion out equal parts of water or depending on what the rice says, it's right on the bag. And then you're just going to bring it to a boil. Once it boils, you bring it down to a simmer and you put a top on it and you wait until the water is gone. It's that simple. There shouldn't be a barrier of knowledge. If that didn't bring you clarity, there's YouTube videos on almost anything. So don't let a barrier of knowledge stop you from reaching your goals or at least it being an excuse because me as a coach, if you come to me and say that, I'm going to be smacking my head so hard because it's just... How do you not know how to cook rice? <laughs> Another staple that I think is a very underrated meal is lean meat sandwiches. Mm. Very, very underrated in the bodybuilding community. I agree. I That's what I was eating when I was at the VA. I had no time to cook. So once again, like it, I had a time constraint. I didn't use it as an, like an excuse. I just said, okay, how can I work around this? Man, I was packing our, I was packing away like 50 gram sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, easily. And now that you say that people say that don't have time, this is a great example. Uh, when I did my internship this last three months, I literally had, so I ate four meals per day, kind of like three meals in one shake. And three of those meals were on my car driving. So <laughs> if you say that you don't have time, that's just a, an excuse, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So you got rice, which is going to be a super simple side that you can almost eat with every dish, right? And if you were to, to switch pasta or rice out for pasta, it's essentially the same thing. Boiling water, drop it in, and it says how long you should be. It should stay in the boiling water right on the box. So you already got your carb and your side done, right? If you do the, the frozen vegetable route, you throw it in a microwave. Simple Five enough, minutes. right? And let's say, like, you know, there's a point in time where I didn't have a microwave. So what are you going to do? You take what would have been microwaved and you put it in a pan and you just steam it. Just literally just let it go pan top or you can put a top over it and it does the same thing. Okay. So now you got your veggies. Now you got your side. Now it comes to the meat. Yes, every meat will give or take what meat it is, is going to have a temperature that you should cook it to. <laughs> um, uh, at the end of the day, you should use Google and make sure that you're cooking it to the point where you're not going to get some type of food poisoning. But that is also very simple. We can just make a simplistic uh, example here. Any type of ground meat, cook it thoroughly. And now you have a cheap and effective protein. You know, um, the last thing I would say in, 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 when it comes to building a simplistic meal is like, let's say you're a vegetarian. Um, it's outside of my realm, but I know my mom went down this route of being vegetarian. She's heavy on the beans. She's heavy on the soy. She's heavy on the, I think it's called tempeh. I believe it's called. Um, 
and I, you know, I've had some of her meals and it tastes very good. And I know it's high in protein because I'll look at the macros. So there really isn't a large excuse that should be valid when it comes to time and effectiveness when building a, a meal. Now, let's say let's let's switch gears here, Raul, and let's make it into fat loss. Or actually, before we go into fat loss, uh, I think it's very important to mention this. When when you are in a bulking phase, it doesn't mean you go crazy. It just means that you take what you're already eating and you just take the portion size and you increase it slightly or you just introduce a, a, another meal that would have been made up of the increased portion size. Yeah, don't have to go nuts, right? People just take it as like, oh, I'm gonna go to Dairy Queen. I'm bulking. I'm gonna make sure that I, you know, I, my body has the calories to build the muscle. Two thousand <laughs> calories in like five minutes, <laughs> bro. I went to Dairy Queen uh, two days ago. Uh, Amy was like, oh, I really want. It. I'm like, sure, let's go. I get the small size, you know, because I was like, I really didn't want ice cream to begin with. And anyways, I think the smallest you can get is a mini, and the calories started off at 800 calories. I don't eat ice cream anymore. I think I had ice cream like two times this year in like places. You're missing out, man. Ice cream is my crutch, man. I, I if I had to if I had to replace all desserts with one dessert, it's gonna be ice cream, 100. I mean, and then you you have those people that do the halo top and stuff like it's that. Not the same. Yeah, it's not ice cream. I don't give a shit what you say. That's not ice. Cream. <laughs> um, but you've had the the protein smoothie right or the protein ice cream or whatever anabolic ice cream. What, what was it called yeah anabolic ice cream i believe how do you make that i think everyone would enjoy that i don't know yet i i don't know like the actual serving sizes like 100 grams or anything but it's just uh some type of milk i prefer low-fat milk because it's lower in calories it's like 80 calories per one cup and you don't even use a cup so some sort of milk or not milk protein powder um fruit if you want to be like a fruity <laughs> ice cream uh and the magic ingredient is xanthan gum because it gives it a lot of volume and then ice that mm -hmm. it's as simple as that and you blend it up yep yes sir for like and one minute and then you mix it with like a sport uh, like a spoon or something mm -hmm. and then you do one minute more do you store it away after that to make it's it harder? pretty good if you want to yeah okay yeah that's something that i once i get a blender i'll start doing i got a coffee grinder before i got a damn blender man <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good uh recipe honestly it's something that like i haven't made per se uh but i know it's good because you let me try some of yours that's something that i'm gonna start working into my regular dessert palette dude if you do that um anabolic ice cream with some like popcorn you're gonna be like really really full and a solid easily 40 grams of protein and less than 400 calories for the whole dessert so that's that's something that we should transition into is is the aspect of volume i touched on it a little bit earlier but i think that it deserves its own little spotlight here the whole idea of being in a fat loss phase is you're going to have to make sure you're eating less calories than what you're burning. Simple enough, right? Well, if let's say you're transitioning from a bulking phase or if not, there's still going to be that thought process of, damn, I'm hungry, right? And that's what makes dieting so hard. If dieting was easy, we wouldn't have a large population full of obese people, right? Among other factors. But when it comes to volume, you want to make sure that we're getting a lot of bang for our buck. We want to be eating a lot, but not have a lot of calories, right? So, Raul, what is your, your go-to high-volume either meals or 
types of foods that you would suggest if somebody is trying to lose weight but not feel ungodly hungry all the time? It's easy. Uh, take what you're eating and go to the grocery store and there's probably low-calorie versions of everything. If you're using wraps, for example, there's probably very low-calorie wraps. If you're using like 80% uh fat 80 lean and 20 fat ground beef will use 93.7 it's a lot less calories it's the same amount of volume and even more protein um and like one big recommendation is just add a lot of veggies to your meals super high hypocaloric and you can eat a lot of them yeah yeah and then you can also on top of all the things that you just mentioned have a glass of water maybe two glasses of water before you eat you know, or just make sure you're always hydrated. That's another way of feeling somewhat full. You know? And chew your food like slowly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's like what we already talked about, like the amount of calories you may need, which is very little to be in a bulk and you should make sure it's very slow. It's the same thing for fat loss, right? But the opposite. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, those, those two to three smart swaps that you just implied could easily put somebody in a, a caloric deficit. Now, um, what is it? It's about 1%, 1 to 2%. Uh, yeah, of, it depends, but yeah. Yeah. 1 to 2% of their body weight loss per week, give or take. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't take much. I think like the, the really, I mean, obviously this isn't thorough, but the rough estimate is like, if you could be in a 1500 calorie, 1500 calorie deficit per week, you're going to be on track to lose one pound. I think that's what it is. Um, but once again, give or take body comp, so on and so forth. Um, but it, the, the guess and check method probably is going to reign the most thorough because everybody's individualistic and they're all, they're always doing their own thing. Plus let's say you're using my fitness pound. It's not the most accurate, you know? So there's a lot of factors to play there, but you know, starting off with, I would say if you just kind of keep it easy for memory's sake, you know, three, 300 calorie deficit per day, you're probably going to be somewhere. Yeah. 200 to know? 300, like do a small deficit and just move a bit more during the day. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a big thing. Now we're going to sound like walking zealots, but that's something that I would like to bring up is like the ability to just increase your activity. It doesn't have to be crazy activity. It just means get more steps in it will drastically help you. You know, the, the, I told you this, I'm going to sound like a broken record a couple episodes ago, but just getting my steps up from, I think it was only like 6,000 to an average to eight to 10, it was it was drastic. Like I saw the body comp differences where some people are like, oh, you don't see body comp differences until a couple of weeks down. I was seeing it pretty damn soon. You know, like it, it just it was like a night and day situation. And that's why I'm a large proponent when it comes to like when I'm coaching people. It's just like before you even worry about your diet right now, let's just get some good habits. in. Let's just start getting your activity levels high. So when we actually start to bring down those calories, it isn't like catastrophic you know yeah and now that we're talking about this i think people need to understand that also more exercise does not always lead to more calorie expenditure like your body has a gap like we used to believe that if i take like 30k steps i will keep burning more calories but there's a lot of evidence now showing that you you reach a cap like so you probably don't need to do a lot 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 but doing those small swaps make they may be like walking 8k steps it's gonna get the job done and you don't need to go crazy and do like double that amount right i guess it all comes down to like the the law of diminishing returns right the, the more and more you get to the the peak of whatever you're doing 
the less and less results you're going to see. You know, uh, it's the same idea with almost anything. And it makes sense that if you're going to go this route of, you know, more, less is more. And, you know, what's the minimum effective dose? It comes down to, are you able to do this for a long haul? Well, yeah, this has been easy. I don't have to do 30,000 steps on an incline in a treadmill with surrounded by other people trying to do the same thing. I'm just, I'm just going to make these calorie swaps and then I'm going to, you know, maybe do 10,000 steps. If I stop at eight, that's fine. Yeah. And that's a good question. Honestly, like if you're thinking about starting a diet, be, due to X or Y reason, you should ask yourself, do I see myself dieting or eating like this for the rest of my life? If the answer is no, then don't do that diet because you will not be adhering. Right, right. I think that's why most people fail their diets is because they don't enter the diet with the right expectations and the right mindset where you're no, you're not doing a diet to lose weight you're making a habit change that's going to stay with you for the rest of your life. And once that mind shift happens, most people will start to like realize like, oh, I, I really don't have to do all of this. It's kind of like, you know, you put your money away in, in some type of investment fund. You're going to get the 8% each year, right? Give or take the history. And that's, it doesn't matter what it looks like next year or the year after that. It's, it's 30, 40 years down the line. Go now, obviously, baby. Exactly. And it, like, granted, I'm not going to say like 40 years from now, and then you're going to be lean and swole. That's, you know, it's kind of an exaggeration, but there's a parallel there where you're doing a little bit each day to see a larger result that will compound over time. Yeah. Baby steps, man. A little bit every day will be a lot one year mm -hmm. from now. I'm trying to think if there's any other things that I thought was like really interesting to mention i uh, you know i everyone that's been listening they're faithful listeners they know how i am with greek yogurt i use use it like interchangeably with everything i use it as a replacement for sour cream um any type of thing that i would think like oh this would taste better creamier i just get the low fat uh non-flavored greek yogurt uh what is it called phage phage yeah Whatever it's called, that has seemed to be, yes, it's a little bit more expensive. I'll put my name on that. Yes, it is. But I'll tell you what, it has none of that like weird tang at the end of it. And I'm, and when I try that, I'm like, it's worth the extra dollar. It's quality. Quality. Yeah. And, and now like because it doesn't have that weird tang that I have to utilize in the flavor profile, it's going on everything, man. <laughs> it, it doesn't I haven't had like, Greek yogurt in like five months, bro dude i i love it i mean it's just because it's just like okay this has 15 grams of protein now it has 30 <laughs> you know with this uh, and it's not like it takes a lot of stomach space so this is would be for the bulking right the bulking or just trying to reach your uh trying to reach your protein goals on a full stomach right um yeah. I'm, I'm sure everyone has been in that moment where maybe they missed a meal because life got in the way and they're like, I have to get 80 grams of protein before 10 o'clock. <laughs> Dude, I always carry like Ziploc bags in, uh -huh. my, in all of my backpacks with protein powder. <laughs> <laughs> and I always have my shaker with me. So if I'm like very busy, I'm drinking water with protein. <laughs> You're going to totally get pulled over one day and they're going to get the dog out on cocaine. <laughs> it happened to me once on an airport. I mean, okay, that's fair. You they you, you brought it. They swiped the... it, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised I took it from you. 
Usually they kind of like just get like people to check it and then they give it back to you. Oh yeah, they didn't take it. No, they oh, didn't take okay. it. They okay. do like the whole swap thing where they have something and they put it on a machine just to make sure it's not drugs or something. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. I was about to say because like all the bodybuilders would lose their fucking mind. Yeah, <laughs> especially with the layovers and stuff like that, man. Um, Dude, when I travel, my bag is protein powder and protein bars. <laughs> It just, I mean, that beats the the McDonald's that is across the way that's already like $12 above market price because you're in a, in a airport where you can't leave, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that, I think that's very interesting that, th- that people can do that. Where like, you know, you're in a situation where you can't leave and because of pure convenience, they're, they're allowed to just be like, all right, and you know how this, this was once $1? All right, now it's $8 deal with it you don't want to buy it okay sit there yeah <laughs> bye uh it's just an interesting thought on it but i think we can put an opinion on this if you have anything else to add no i'll say something off air okay before uh let's go ahead and recap so if you're trying to put on weight or lose weight try to be in a caloric surplus or deficit rough numbers 100 to 300 calories could go higher could go lower depending on how you adapt right the big key here is to pick a number, stick with it, check your weight on a daily, uh, on, on a daily uh, average, and then you look at the weekly average at the end of it. So this in, this allows you to kind of take away what was the water fluctuations or the stress fluctuations, so on and so forth. The idea is you want to go super slow because you want your body to take time to adapt to the changes. When you do bulking real fast, you put on a lot of fat. If you do cutting real fast, you lose a lot of muscle, both very bad. When it comes to actually bulking, you want to make sure that you are going to uh, utilize the same foods you're already eating, but you want to just eat a little bit more. Most likely it's gonna be coming from carbs because it's going to improve your energy in the gym. When it comes to fat loss, go ahead and see what you're already eating. See if you can find a calorie smart swap there. If you drink Gatorade on a regular basis, let's try to do a uh, Gatorade zero. And now you're already in a 300 calorie deficit, right? Uh, Make sure it's nice and slow. Once again, you're going to be weighing yourself on a daily basis to make sure that you're on track. That being said, there will be weeks that you're not going to lose weight. That is okay. Um, we could in the future go into the value of diet refeeds, so on and so forth, but that is like a whole topic in its own. Whole different topic, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think oh, and if you want to know how to cook rice, YouTube it. If not, rewind it to like I think three minutes into this conversation. Super easy. It's gonna be a lifesaver. And go obviously ahead. lift weights. Oh, right. Yeah, I think I think that's a said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and increase your steps. That's one last thing I'm saying. Increase your goddamn steps. I mean, if it's not for your muscle mass or your weight loss, it's going to be for your long-term health. Um, Peace.